When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Different guys. Uh, I, they're least, very different. At least the little bit of the personalities I've seen. Yeah, uh, they, they're, their they're, personalities they probably are... don't go out at night together. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. I have a business proposition for you. I have a proposition for you. I've got a proposition for you guys. I want to hear proposition. Let's hear them. It's Minnesota Sports Profit Time with Mackey and Judd. All right, I've got, got a few of them here for you. Actually, these prop bets are just turning into more like sort of random questions that could involve money, maybe not. All right. Maybe that's what the segment evolves into. But uh, I, w- I want to go back to what we were talking about an hour ago. Which local coach or executive, past or present, I'm going to evolve this question a little bit, is not most likely to have burner accounts because we know that there's burner accounts, but is most likely to get fired for getting caught with burner Twitter accounts. For having outed themselves or tweeted something controversial or had five that were interconnected like Brian Colangelo. Like Brian Colangelo had an underground ring of Twitter accounts. <laughs> yeah. Ran. Yeah. Yeah. Five is excessive. By the way, the Wolves deleted that amazing tweet. They Put deleted back, the, the graphic of them deleting Come their on. burner account. Put it back. It's How? fun. It's a possible Tom Thibodeau caught wind of it and... Killed, Switch! Killed the Switch buzz. the tweet! <laughs> Delete! <the> Carl! <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Uh, I am going to stick with what I told you an hour ago and uh, and stick by Tim Brewster. Now, Tim Brewster wouldn't have five accounts. Tim's not smart enough to have that many accounts and actually negotiate through all of them. But Tim Brewster would have been the classic to have his own account, his Coach Brew account, and then a burner account on which he was trying to to tweet at 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 beat writers to say you know you should look into this or or you know Tim Brewster's a class act he's doing a great job and I could easily see Brew at some point in time not knowing to toggle back and forth and and unfortunately for him tweeting something that was meant for the coach Brew account on the burner account and it becoming obvious that Tim Brewster had this account on which he was trying to influence people. Oh, and I could also see him on the burner account like questioning other uh, programs, especially within the school. He'd get a recruiting violation slapped on him at some point, right? And things like that. So I think Brewster... But he'd be trying to recruit like women's volleyball players or something. Exactly. He'd be completely off. I think as far as as Brew goes, that he would have been a very likely guy to attempt to have the burner account, to have screwed that up at some point, and to have gotten fired because of it. See, I think if it was Brew... He'd probably give it away on the Twitter profile again. You know, it'd be, you know, at whatever it is, huge gopher football fan, 
I'm not just hungry, I'm starving, yeah. and I like my chili <laughs> hot. With a, with a picture of, like, turf from the end zone <laughs> yes, at the Rose exactly. Bowl, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't have been too uh, difficult to put those together. I still like Tice as a, a great possibility, but how about the old Twins regime, the Terry Ryan, Billy Smith era? Wow. I can't see myself, I can't see those guys wrapping their heads around burner Twitter accounts and... <laughs> Really being successful at uh, pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. So they, they'd be the ones that are accidentally sending out DMs to the but to the public. Call me, like put their, <laughs> yeah. put their phone number out there, and you'd be able exactly. to identify. Yeah. Oh, that's Terry Ryan's phone number. Wait, what is this? What's going on here? Trying to text Perk, but it's a DM <laughs> instead of a text. Would, would Bill Smith have tried that? Like Terry, no. there's no way. Would, would Bill Smith have ever tried a burner account? No. Okay, I don't think so. I mean, now now Bill Smith was the GM. Sort of, I mean, Twitter was just firing up in 08, 09, 2010. So it would have been the early stages. I don't think he would have been, we'll put it this way I don't think the Twins front office during that period would have been the early adopters on something (laughs) involving technology. No, probably not. Um, I I was going to say, similarly, Ron Gardenhire, because all of his burner account tweets would have been praising the slap hitting, switch hitting (laughs) middle infielders. So easy to catch. It would have just been like a, a. it, you would have gone through the account, and it just would have been defenses of Matt Tolbert or electing to bunt a guy over in the third inning. Battles his tail off. Yeah, defending the pitcher who went five innings, gave up seven runs in the first inning, but grinded through the second, third, fourth, and fifth to give the team a chance still. Yes. <laughs> Nothing but gifts of Nicky and Lexi and Tiny and Punto sliding in headfirst yeah. into first base. That, would have, been the, that would have been the photo. Yes. This is such grit and hustle. Uh, all right, question number two here for you guys. We're going to get to our meat and potatoes ESPN football power index power debut. Index. But if you had to put a large amount of money on a non-Patriots team to win the Super Bowl this year, so you can, you can't bet on the Patriots, okay. who would you put that large amount of money on to win the Super Bowl? Dave, you want to go first? I mean, can you pick the defending champions? Sure. I, mean, I think it's the Eagles. I don't think they've gotten any worse. They've probably only gotten better, at least defensive-wise. Carson Wentz eventually coming back healthy if it's not by week one pretty soon. I think that's your fairly obvious choice. Judd? I would say, how about this? The return of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Wow. Can't resist yourself. I really can't. But in this case, I think I might be justified. The Packers. There's all. There's always teams that creep back up. This league, there's no other sport I don't think like it where you have as many teams fall out of playoff spots and and get get replaced by teams that might not have been abysmal the last season before that, but they certainly weren't great. Packers have their quarterback now, new front office, offense could be pretty good, defense should be improved. How about the Green Bay Packers? All right. Go off the charts a little bit there. So I'm drinking a lot of Kool-Aid by saying this. I would put that money on the Vikings right now. I know that we're sort of paralyzed and hampered by the history of the franchise, that they, they never have a positive ending. But I love the fact, I love how good they were last year. I love that the defense is coming back essentially fully intact. And I love that they didn't just sit and wait for the same offense to come back and try and do it all over again. They said, bleep it. We're going to get a viable third wide receiver in here. We're going to get a viable quarterback in here. Um, not that there aren't questions for offensive line, but I actually feel really good about the Vikings for the first time, like Super Bowl good about the Vikings for the first time in a while. I would put that, that money on the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. It's interesting. None of us picked AFC teams. 
the conference is, is if you can't pick the Pats, AFC's not that good. They're, they're the just Cleveland not. Cavaliers of the NFL. Yeah, they're just not. I'm trying to think of like the next most I mean, likely AFC team Pits- being the Steelers. Jags and Steelers, right? Pittsburgh, maybe. Yeah, Ooh. Pittsburgh. Here's a hot sports. It's not, not Jags, even the Jags. Jags aren't going to make the playoffs this year. No. There's there's you know there's always that turnover, and the Jaguars get that first place schedule now. Yeah, nope. I, I agree with you. I can't pick a Steelers team that loses twice to the Jaguars in the same year. Sorry. Yeah. How about the up and coming San Diego, San Diego Chargers? Super Chargers? With, yeah, yes, with Phil Scott. Los Angeles Chargers. Young quarterback. Yeah, yeah young Philip Rivers. Los Angeles Chargers. Or Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. I'm sorry. I miss San get Diego. With the times. I love that team. St. Louis Rams have a good shot, I think. Too. <laughs> yeah. It's only What's hit them? Uh, question three for you guys. Prop at number three. You get two options and only two options for this man's career path. Which one is most likely out of the two? Byron Buxton, fourth outfielder, or perennial all-star? By perennial, I mean, let's just say we'll make multiple all-star games. I, at this point, with what I've seen, not just this year, but the back and forth of his first few years, fourth outfielder, pinch runner extraordinaire. Pinch run, would be great. Uh, late game defensive replacement, be fantastic. But my God, I mean, trying to watch him when when that man is bad, he can't function. He's not he's not in a slump. He can't function. And and the fact that he's gone back to that place again, if I was the Twins, would scare me to no end. Uh, I hate to say this, but if I had if I had to pick. Between the discrepancy that you just gave me, I'm going fourth outfielder. That's right. awfully sad, but you're right. It is. Actually, I had a question prepared for later that's just about the same thing, about cashing in the chips on Buxton, about this is it. I'm done trying to hope. It's The offense is so bad. It is. It's just so bad with the bat. Um, Man, I think I, I I'm, I'm still going to go multiple all-stars just mostly because of glove and if he gets a hot start at some point but i'm as pro buxton as i've been i'm teetering on the edge he's hitting 156 183 on base 200 slugging and it's june in two days it's june in two days and this is what now year three uh four he has not he has not hit a home run yet it's partial year four like he's he's played parts of seasons um, he hasn't hit a home run yet. He only has five stolen bases. I get that he missed some time, but uh, he's been... So last year, he was worth three and a half wins above replacement, too, for those of you who are into uh, made-up stats. He's been worth... And this is only a third of the season. He's been worth a half a half win below replacement level, meaning like if you put Ryan Lamar out there, just a replacement level triple-A type player. Which he was last night. Correct. For this very reason. Uh, or the other guy, that Jake Cave or whoever, they've got random guys they could replace him with. Yeah. That that would be better over the course of a season, even with his defense, than Byron Buxton. It's the third straight year, though, he's come out of the gate and been just wretched, right? I mean, four years of yeah. service time. Yeah. But- yeah, there's like a 300-point difference between his second-half OPS and his first-half OPS do here? for his career. What do you do? What do you do with this guy? I almost think you have to send him back down again. You almost have to send him down just to say, go feel good for two weeks against minor league pitching. They keep, I don't know what you're supposed to do. He can't. They, he, he came in off the bench and went 0 for 2 they, last night. They keep trying to say, well, he's still hurting. And But if he is, but if that's true, and, and I don't buy it personally, but if that's true, then you shouldn't play him. Like, it become un- unfair now. If you truly believe that that toe hurts so much that he, he can't have a foundation at the plate or that that's part of 
the re- reason why he looks lost. You you have to stop playing him. You can't play the guy. This has gotten unfair. Just tell him to go up to the plate, call your shot every time, show the bat. I'm going to bunt. Try and stop me. <laughs> Just if you put it down the third baseline <sighs> enough, you'll you'll beat out some of them. It is t- it is difficult to watch. Uh, yeah, it's it's not good. So all right, that was uplifting. We still have Pat's going to join us too. We, we Royce's in here writing a story. We're going to make him join our show in the uh, eleven o'clock hour. See if he has any burner Twitter accounts. You think Pat knows how to set up a burner Twitter account? Well, here's a good one. Norwood Teague. Wow, I bet he had. Wow, Hal just t- tweeted. <laughs> Actually, you might make in. the case that he could have used a burner Twitter account. Maybe I bet he had one too, and he still screwed it up. It's getting very dirty. Yeah, what's he up to these days? Who knows? I'd love to find out. That's got to be a follow-up story at some point. Oh, here, you've right? got to go find him, yes. If you're the Star Tribune, five years after he left or something like you've got to go find him. Yeah, Norwood Teague. Uh, let's talk about the best TVs in the world right now. TCL TVs, America's fastest-growing TV brand. If you go into any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities, you'll see for yourself the difference between a TCL 4K P-Series Roku TV and uh, some of the other brands. Well, for one, the difference between the 4K picture quality and what you probably have on your standard 1080p TV at home is pretty stark. It's four times the picture quality. Uh, it's, it's great for watching sports, golf, hockey. Uh, it's just the, the high def makes everything pop, the, uh, the, the 4K picture quality. Also, with the built-in Roku device, you get access to all kinds of sports streaming channels. We uh, oftentimes will fire up. NHL platform and watch old school hockey games for Judd for uh, go back to the 1970s when the hair was flowing. Uh, you get access to Fox Sports Go, ESPN Plus, you name it. It's uh, America's fastest growing TV brand for a reason. TCL, you can go to TCL US. Mackie and Judd now continue. Ready to be back in business or what? On 1500 ESPN. Well, the, the Doogie just tweet this now? I think this might be from, I think we got it retweeted about. Uh, oh, it's from May 2nd. 40. Former Gopher AD Norwood Teague is in Raleigh, North Carolina, running different corporate events for the Chamber of Commerce. He recently did one with pro golfer Carl Pedersen. In hmm. fact, Doogie tweeted back earlier in this month. You got to go find him now, then. I mean, he's sitting right there. Norwood is. Well, it sounds like Doogie already found him. No, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, you got to go find him and talk to him. I'm I not still, sure if he's ready to. I don't. I mean, for him, I don't know. I thought he said he, he was going to go through treatment after that whole thing. So I would think that he wants to talk about his new life. You're still writing for the website. Can I go? Zolgad colon meet the new Norwood. I yeah. found Woody. I like it. Yeah, I want to actually not use that title. <laughs> be a what, very bad title. What do you mean? It, I, it, he's the he's changed his life. The new Woody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could go down there. I could talk to him. We could. Oh, we yeah. could. I'm with Dave. We this, could right? reminisce about the good I'm old days here in Minnesota when uh, he was. I'm when uncomfortable. He was, when he was. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I think it would be an interesting story to find out what his view on life is now after he's been through so much. <laughs> um, are you bored with the fourth straight Warriors Cavs matchup as a casual basketball fan? Uh, no, I'm not. And, and I feel as as diehard hockey guy and casual hoops fan, I love this. I get a matchup between two teams in in hockey, and I mean, I, I've expressed my reservations about the Golden Knights, but nonetheless, it's fun. And then in basketball, I told you what I was bored by, and what people forget, you got to remember when the Spurs played the Nets. Okay, that's hell. 
No one cared. No one watched. That was a combination of bad basketball, like low scoring, grinded out defensive basketball. Yeah, the Nets were and terrible. Also, somewhat of a lack of like you had Jason Kidd on the Nets, but yes. he wasn't this he he wasn't this transcendent superstar figure. And you had Tim Duncan on the Spurs, but Tim Duncan wasn't exactly the most people, dynamic, fun to watch superstar. People that are are bashing a basketball right now, I think, don't recall what what this sport was like. 25 years back, 25 years back, you got matchups of teams, and they weren't terrible teams, but but after the whole Jordan thing, you got matchups of teams that basically basically hacked their way to the finals, and now they say, well, the three-point shot is too much. Well, guess what? The flip side is no fun, and and I get the fact that there's probably fans saying, I'd like my team to be in in the championship, but that being said... This is fun to me. This is fun. You get LeBron against Golden State. How is that not a good storyline? Uh, and, I, and I think it would be a stale storyline if if it had been like 3-0 Warriors to this point. But the fact that LeBron and company snuck one out down 3-1, and so you have this player who's trying to be he's trying to rack up rings and he's trying to and he's going through this much tougher path than the guy that we compare him to did in the finals. Anyways, I mean, I think I think Jordan went through. In the late '80s, early '90s, when he had to face some of those Celtics teams and the Pistons teams in the Eastern Conference, uh, like those were that was a tough grind in the Eastern Conference. But the fact that you've got this LeBron storyline clashing with this Dynasty Warrior storyline, it would be a little bit like if there was a LeBron-like figure in the NHL, but there was a Blackhawks-like team, and they kept colliding year after year. I, I think that's it, it. Has to be a special circumstance. It can't just be the same matchup year after year without. Without storylines built in, but the fact that there are storylines built sure, in, I think yeah. makes it really intriguing. And I guess I would ask if this isn't compelling to people because it's boring and it's been four straight years. What would be a more compelling finals matchup? Is there another? Would Rockets? That's what I was going to. Cavs have yeah. been more compelling. I, I mean, it would still be compelling because it's LeBron versus this Mike D'Antoni system. But exactly, you can't convince me that like Rockets Celtics would have been. It would have been a change, and there would have been fun things to follow. Brad Stevens. But do we just want, want different teams? Like is is the is the the request or f- feeling of fans? I just want two different teams, because to me it's like okay, if if it was, am I more intrigued by a fourth consecutive Golden State Cleveland matchup than I would be by uh, Celtics Rockets? Yes, absolutely. Or would would Jaguars Eagles have been a more compelling Super Bowl than Eagles Patriots? To me, no, absolutely not. It would have been a change. Oh, look, the Jaguars upset the Patriots. That's kind yeah, of interesting and I would have for been a minute. Like, Damn, I didn't want that. Imagine the two-week lead-up to a Jaguars-Eagles I said Super that, Bowl. Yeah, I said that. It, it would have been terrible. The Jacksonville Jaguars? See, and I just think I think we 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 weigh in about things with, with, without thought, which is, I'm just tired of, of this. Okay, well, let's take a step back and think about it. Why? For all that people like to debate, and some rag on LeBron, guess what? When he's gone, we're going to miss him a lot. LeBron is a compelling person. Yeah, he's a He is a generationally unbelievable basketball player. He is a compelling person. He loves drama, which can annoy, but also makes him intriguing. And, and LeBron James, to me, is another one of, of the, these guys that you begin to grasp this. When they're gone, you really miss him. Which is, it's weird that we, is it that we have a harder time appreciating that level of greatness now? Or did we also have, 
Am I like forgetting? Did, did we criticize peak athletes 20, 30 years I don't ago? Think I almost the feel coverage like coverage was there to do it. Like with Twitter now and But forget about Twitter for a second. When people watched a game yeah, no. in nineteen ninety six, no. did people watch those Jordan teams and think whether they could go to Twitter or not, did they think because I didn't, but I was like twelve, oh man, it bothers me so much that people think Michael Jordan's this great player, Magic Johnson was so much better, and if I had just had somewhere that I could put these thoughts so that people could see them this thing that connected everybody, then it would be I great. I think people thought that, but but because you, you couldn't you couldn't share that, it changed it. But I just, we, we always, when anyone is great, there's a certain faction of the audience out there that begins to say, I'm tired of that guy. That guy doesn't do this or that. And it's partially jealousy, and but, but it's also partially that we begin to take greatness for granted. Mm-hmm. And what we forget is this. We don't always have these these uh, players. There's great players consistently, but there's not a player this great consistently. And so I guarantee you, in eight years or so, and Le- LeBron's gone, we'll think to ourselves, damn, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he is single-handedly well, taken... I think, that, I think that right now, by the way. Sure, I think people should. but we should. But the fact that he has single-handedly taken a Cavaliers team that would be a lottery team without him, and gotten him to to the championship again. I don't care if what conference they're in. I don't care a thing about them. I care about the fact that it is beyond impressive. Uh, I'm just doing a little number crunching here just for fun, not to keep making this comparison, but it's just built in and obvious. The NBA Finals TV ratings. And mind you, this is an era where TV ratings are down across the board just because it's... 20, 30, 40 years ago, there were just fewer channels. And so, like, larger percentages of people were watching. If there's only 15 channels or 25 channels, you're going to get more people watching one of them, as opposed to now, where not only are there more cable and satellite channels, but there's all these streaming channels and things. So, the last, let's see, I'm just going to go back. NBA Finals series to average 20 million viewers for the series, per, per game for the series. It's happened in each of the last three years. So LeBron Golden State, LeBron Golden State, LeBron Golden State. Then you got to go back to 1998, 97, 96, the last time an NBA final series or multiple final series averaged 20 million viewers for the series. And that's obviously the last three Michael Jordan Bulls seasons. Mm-hmm. You also had the 95 finals average 20 million viewers. Totally different era. A lot easier to get people to watch a network channel uh, with, with Rockets and Magic. And then, and then you got to skip back again um, to the first three wins by the Chicago Bulls, 91, 92, 93, also averaged over 20 million viewers per game in the series. So we're talking about even comparable uh, just national interest yes. in those two-star players. Yep. And go, go look at the early 2000s, what those games did. They were I got, I got incredibly them. low. They were setting. They they were the Spurs net series was off the charts bad. Actually, the wise. the lowest rated, the lowest rated finals in NBA history was the first LeBron finals. But it was it was so early in his career he had not yet taken that torch, and and the Spurs were coming out. The Spurs were in the middle of a dynasty. They were coming out of the West, and it was just a massacre waiting to happen. Uh, the, you know, the, it wasn't like the Cavs were this fun, exciting brand of basketball to watch. But that series averaged 9 million viewers per game. And then the one you're talking about, so that's half the viewers that 
that uh, they've been watching the last couple of years. And then it's a it's a narrow second worst finals, but it is that Nets Spurs series, which was just under ten million viewers per game. Yep. So, yeah, you had a stretch there where it was like Nets Spurs. It was no, it was it was Nets Lakers, and the Lakers were were a, a national draw. Mm-hmm. But it was Nets Lakers, and then it was Pistons Lakers, which did pretty well, but still not a super intriguing matchup. And then you had. Um, you had that Cavs Spurs, Net Spurs, like it was just a lot of. <laughs> oh, it's just a, it was a lot. I mean, of just as, like the Spurs, it wasn't the, good. The Spurs without the Heat as a villain weren't exactly you, the, the biggest draw. It's interesting in sports. You're in good shape when people complain. You're in bad shape when they don't care. Well, I think I'll tweak that. There's something actually in uh, my favorite sport, which is professional wrestling. They call uh, there's good heat. Yes, you've told for me about a bad this. guy versus go away heat. Yep, not Miami Heat, but like. If you're a bad guy in wrestling mm-hmm. or a villain of some kind or a polarizing figure mm-hmm. and the crowd's booing you because they're into the storyline and they're just like they're like they definitely want you to be there, but they want to root against you. That's that's the good type of heat. You want that. You want you want to be that good. You want to be that bad guy who draws interest. But then there's that annoying go away heat, which that's kind of what the 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 New Jersey Nets were with Keon or Ke- or well, with Kenyon Martin and Jason Kidd and like you're and not good Spurs. enough to win a championship and you're kind of villainous get out of here Duncan was great but guess what he was complete milk toast yeah how many how many friends did did you have say I have to rush home and watch Tim Duncan and the Spurs play well me but yeah okay but you, but you know my point <laughs> yeah six five one six four six eight two five five hey Tom you're on the show hey I can't disagree with you guys more. My my whole thing is, okay, four years in a row, the entire four years of regular season, first two rounds of playoffs, first three rounds of playoffs, it's going to come down to these two teams all the time. What's the sense in me investing 82 games for whatever in playoff games when you know your team's going to get drubbed anyway? Okay, I, well, I, I can't. You know, I, I get, okay, it's going to be a good final, yes. But then why do why don't I just turn in – Tune in to the last seven games of the season. Well, you could. I mean, I, I'm not advocating for necessarily regular season intrigue here. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you there, but if the argument is predictability is stale and predictability makes it worse at the end of the year, I would throw people back to the 1980s. I mean, like Lakers and Celtics. Lakers and Celtics, multiple Lakers, Celtics, and Pistons, basically. We're just trading spots in the NBA Finals. And I think that was regarded as the glory days of the NBA for a long time. Okay, so so maybe we're looking at that because we didn't have a team in the NBA at the time. So right. this is this is all we're seeing. But now that we have a team in the NBA or any other team, whether it's hockey, whether it's your your Nashville, whether you're Dallas or whatever, and your team has no shot at getting in it and getting this far, what's the sense investing all that time and effort? I, I like to see Okay, you, you always say, geez, you'd hate to see these two teams, what, not these two teams, but two teams, whether it's high school hockey, seeing Edina play Eden Prairie the uh, first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, what difference does it make? So one of those teams wins, and then the next thing you know, they're playing uh, Rosso. One of those teams is playing Rosso. And you've got, basically, you have that in hockey where you have, you know, who would have thought Vegas was going to get in it? Right. And you have Washington. So you you got the David and Goliath thing, and it's working really good for them. And now, but they they had a chance the whole time throughout the whole season. They had a chance, and now they're in the the Vegas is in the Stanley Cup. Whereas 
like I said, the whole season was moot because this is going to be the same two teams. Hockey's different, though, Tom. And I'll I'll say say this. When it comes to the NBA and football to a certain degree, and football's weird because you do have a lot of teams um, miss the playoffs and then make them and teams fall back. But I will put this as simply as possible as a sports fan. So forget the teams I like. As a sports fan, I have no interest, no interest in the Jacksonville Jaguars making the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. If the, if I had had, as a sports fan, if you had come to me and said, okay, Judd, here's the deal. U.S. Bank Stadium, Feb 4, AFC representative, the Jaguars, mm-hmm. I'm saying, ugh. The Patriots, I said, yeah, great, Brady, for sure. So so I get I get that you like the Wolves, and I get that you, you would like them to be more competitive, and they did make the playoffs after a 13-year absence. Uh, but be careful what you wish for, because in the NC2A basketball tournament, we've seen this before, but think about all those upsets that we celebrate. That was a great upset. Okay, and now Kentucky gets knocked off, and by the third round, you're like, what am I watching? See, familiarity, so, familiarity often leads to just a better a better end series or a better end result. Can you imagine if in boxing, if instead of multiple Ali Frazier fights, if, man, like... Joe Frazier, it's kind of what UFC turns into sometimes, where top fighter will just get knocked off, and now it's there's a random guy that's, a dang, that pops up. It's dangerous, and it's yes. harder for them to market the big names because the big names will get knocked off after ten fights or something, and not like Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey went from being LeBron James of women's fighting but to getting a, knocked off twice and out of the pick sport. Pick an Eastern Conference team that possibly could have gotten through, not, not Boston, but a lesser team that might have upset and made a run to the finals, and now they're playing Golden State. Guess what? That's not fun to watch. Let's say it was the Raptors. Right, that's what I'm, But my point is... You want the Raptors? Yeah. It's the Toronto ah. Raptors, and they're a great little story, and it's fantastic, and then they play four games, and they yeah. get drilled, and people don't care. That's the boredom of the NBA, though. As you said, it's the Eastern Conference. LeBron is wonderful, but you shouldn't make eight finals in a row. When you have a Celtics team that can take you to seven, or take you to seven games without their two best players, I think that's the problem. I would add that, well, Jordan would have gone to eight straight, if he would have stuck around, unless he would have burnt out and just like would have retired before 1998. And I don't know if that would have changed people's perceptions. Maybe the two years off was needed for everyone involved in that situation. But um, I think the fact that we wound up with the same outcome at the end of the day, but it was so uncertain throughout that process. If you could have recalibrated your thought three weeks ago, do you think the Cavs are going to make the finals when they're like getting drubbed by the Pacers? Or do you think the... What do you think? Golden State's down three games to two, and Chris Paul's healthy. Like, but the so we got the same result, but the path to get there was still really intriguing, which and, is a credit to the NBA. And I, I'm not, not trying to say that the NBA playoff system is perfect because it's certainly not and flawed in some ways. What I am saying though is, as we get prepared for, uh, for Game One, if the option was Toronto shocked the world and now it's the I, that doesn't excite me. It just doesn't. I would much rather see even if LeBron makes it eight consecutive times. He is a he is the type of superstar who I would I'm going to watch that game tomorrow night. If it was Toronto and Golden State, I might duck in and out a little bit, but I wouldn't watch the game consistently. Yeah. Dave, what's so. coming up in stuff here? We gotta Yeah, we do have to go. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, my wonderful goodness. holiday gift for you that's coming out and another arrow in my quiver in the fight against instant replay. Uh, Judd, you talk about prime mortgage lending first, though. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Yes, if you are are trying to find a mortgage company, let me suggest my friends at Prime, as Phil just said, and Kent McCullough. That's because this isn't about simply uh, selling you on something. Prime wants to earn your trust first. In fact, they would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. And now you're saying to yourself, Judd, 
That sounds fantastic, but what does that mean exactly? I'm going to tell you. It means while Prime would love to have you as a client, what they want to do is sit down with you first, explain their plan to you, and then the decision is up to you. That's because when it comes to Kent and Prime, this is about two very important things in life. Those two things, teamwork and collaboration, it's what Prime is all about. Heck, it's what they believe in. And if you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on Prime to give you sound advice and straight answers. For instance... Prime wants to take some of the mystery out of the mortgage process for you. Did you know Prime may be able to put together a program that can pay your closing cost? That's right. Not just include them in your loan, but actually pay them for you. And now you're saying this all sounds fantastic, but give me a site to visit, and I will. It's goprimewithkent.com. Goprimewithkent, K-E-N-T. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Now it's your turn. This is 1500 ESPN. Stuff you should know about is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. Napa Auto Parts has the expertise and parts you need to help you keep your car on the road, no matter how many miles it has. Quality parts, helpful people, that's Napa know-how. Mackie and Judd Show, give me a go-no-go for stuff you should know about. Hosts, go. Producer, go. Technical, go. Music, volume, the actual stuff, we are go. Control, we are a go. You are clear to launch stuff you should know about. We are go for launch. Let's get right to it, Dave Harrigan. Great idea, We're late getting to stuff. Let's start with the biggest area of concern I think we have among our Twin Cities, Minnesota sports scene right now. It's not the Twins and the fact that they're failing in a horrible division. It's not Vikings OTAs. It's not wild new GM. It's not what are the Timberwolves going to do. What's going on with the Lynx? Atlanta with a chance to win it. Down by one. They've lost nine straight to Minnesota. Here's Montgomery. Now Angel to the corner. Five seconds. Four. Angel for the win! Go! I mean, two and three to start the season. We got a season's over. It's over. <laughs> Lose to the Atlanta Is Dream. Cheryl more like a seat? nightmare. Oh boy. Oh, sorry, I didn't realize that. Did you just put Cheryl in the hot seat? Is, Is that Cheryl what you just in did? the hot seat? Fire Cheryl. You know, Cheryl Reeve job watch 2018. Big expectations, and all I know is now there's uh, you're below 500. When are we going to get the Zolgad hammerhead column putting Cheryl Reeve on the official hot seat? Might come today. I have nothing to write about, so it might come this afternoon. Zolgad, r- colon. You have nothing to write about? You're doing 16 radio segments today. You have no nothing to nothing to take well, from your the, thoughts of I, four hours of radio and the, put on the website? I did the Anthem on. story on Saturday. I did the Tom Wilson cap story yesterday. I don't know. How about Buxton? Feel like You've I've gone. I think I've gone down that, that to that well quite a bit, but I, I might again, yes. I'll write a column about Wonderwall? Let's move on. So let's read the Anthony Rizzo slide. We all saw it from a couple nights ago, right? (laughs) Yes. Taking out the Pirates catcher. Yep. Yep. Okay. So it happened. The play was reviewed. It was upheld. That is a legal slide. This is how the slide rule reads, according to Major League Baseball. A bona fide slide occurs when the runner, number one, begins his slide before reaching the base. Number two, is able and attempts to reach the base with his hand or foot. Three, is able and attempts to remain on the base, except for home plate, after completion of the slide. And four, slides within reach of the base without changing his pathway for the purpose of initiating contact with a fielder. How do you go, see the play live, rule that it's a fine slide, go back to New York, 
look at instant replay, rule that it's a fine slide, and the next day have Joe Torre actually talk to Joe Madden and uh, Clint Hurdle and everyone else. So, you know what? Actually, ooh, we kind of blew this one. Totally illegal slide. Yeah, I guess we missed it. Uh, I, feel I like, hate instant replay. I feel like it's it's not the it's instant replay. It's, yeah. the, it's like the definition of the rule is just too convoluted. It's so hard to interpret, too. Is it like is a catcher moving into the line of the runner? Like, where is the line of the runner? Is it... I, I think in the replay, if you, I mean, the fourth part of the rule, which states you can't change your direction in order to hit a fielder, Rizzo clearly did that. He could reach the plate, but he obviously veered left, hit the catcher with both feet. He and definitely did, yes. I, the, the quote from Joe Madden was, I talked to Mr. Torrey, he explained to me his interpretation, I told him with all due, uh, all due respect, I absolutely disagree, there's nothing wrong with that play, blah, blah, blah. So blah, sh- blah. should they have called him out at the plate then? Is that what baseball base yes. told Madden? That they he should have, have been awarded out the, the double play. And I, I think that would have been I got an idea. Let's go back to bowling catchers over like the good old days, and it was far more fun. And then Dozier scores last night because yeah. he could have just gone right into Sal Perez and just taken him out. I think you should uh, instead of the 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 old umpire chest protector thing where they like a shield, you know, back in the day where they just hold that oh, the big pillow. I think you have one of those nearby, Ron Luciano. And yeah, if I a love if that. a catcher feels like okay, there's the about pillow? to be a collision, they can go grab the big shield pillow thing. Has any sport? Next to, to the catch rule in football, has any sport convoluted things as much as baseball has at home plate and second base? As far as wh- how you can slide, where you can slide, what's considered out of bounds on a slide, and what's now? Well, the the, the NFL has not convoluted its well, catch rule. Okay. They've made it very I'm just clear. Saying, so majorly I'm, baseball. I'm just saying, outside of, of the catch rule in in recent years, has anything been as tough to as tough for us to grasp as what's what the ruling is going to be on a slide at second or home plate i would i my argument isn't that the rule is hard to interpret i think it's very easy i think it's difficult for old school baseball guys to wrap their minds around this is how the game is now going to be played and mm-hmm. deal with it yeah I, I would agree with that too i mean it's a little bit it's it's not that it's hard to interpret. It's like it's hard to piece together all of the four factors and make an but accurate then for decision. For Joe Torrey to come back, Joe, Joe should have said that was a great slide. <gasps> should have taken him out from my day. Phil, if anyone's looking for a holiday gift for you, I have it right here. The Mamba Mentality: How I Play. Kobe Bryant's new book set to be released October twenty third, and with an introduction from Phil Jackson Ford from Pau Gasol. For the first time, and in his own words, Bryant reveals his famously detailed approach and the steps he took to prepare mentally and physically to not just succeed at the game, but to excel. Readers will learn how Bryant studied an opponent, how he channeled his passion for the game, how he played through injuries. They'll also get fascinating, granular detail as he breaks down specific plays and matchups from throughout his career. Sounds interesting. I feel like you guys are going to mock Kobe Bryant for uh, putting out his well, blueprint. I didn't say a word. Mm-hmm. I sat here quietly while Dave I, read that entire thing. I love any sort of... Uh, I, I read Michael... Michael Jordan has a bunch of books out, like biographies. I read a Michael Jordan biography. I've read a Dennis Rodman autobiography, which is amazing. Phil Jackson's autobiography. Some of these like deconstruct great or interesting athletes or coaches are really, really fascinating. So I'm in on this. Especially if he turns it into some sort of a an Oscar-worthy documentary about himself, yeah. which could happen. Never know. <gasps> Short film with cartoon to go along with it. <laughs> Do you want one more? Yes. All right. Nick Saban is just a little bit slimy. We all kind of get that. Uh-huh. Uh, Alabama offensive lineman Brandon Kennedy. He's a graduate tr- 
hopefully a graduate transfer. He wants to transfer anyway from Alabama to maybe Auburn, maybe Tennessee. A couple schools within the SEC. Well, the rule is yeah, you transfer, you got to sit out the year unless your coach, as in Nick Saban, signs a waiver that says, ah, go ahead, just let him play. That's just fine. Saban was asked about that yesterday and says, hey, don't look at me. I don't think it should be on me. I think we should change the rule. Right, if we agree in the SEC at these meetings that we're going to have free agency in our league and everybody can go wherever they want to go when they graduate, and that's what's best for the game, and I think that's what we should do. Then Brandon Kennedy can go wherever he wants to go. But if we don't do that, why is it on me? Because we have a conference rule that says he can't do it. And he can do it, but he's supposed to sit out for a year. So why is it on me? It's not even my decision. It's a conference rule. I always give people releases. And he has a release to go wherever he wants to go, but the conference rules says he can't go in a conference. So, why is that on me? So, in other words, <laughs> don't Nick. ask why I won't sign the waiver. Ask why there's a waiver for me to oh, sign. Well, or Nick. Too I don't bad. even like if I don't think it's unreasonable for a coach to say there's a lot of other schools you could transfer to. Just go to the Big Twelve. I actually don't hate this thinking by Nick Saban, but it is hypocritical that he could go anywhere he wants tomorrow, including Auburn, and players have to get special permission. And I partly agree. His answer could just be, look, I'm paid to win football games. That's exactly what I'm saying. going to Auburn doesn't help me do that. Exactly. If I'm him, I say... If you want to Oklahoma, whatever. We'll see in the playoff. I say there is no no way that I am going to give a player or a team in my conference a chance to improve themselves via my program. Too bad. what What would be the ding if he just said that? Like Dave said, like why? Because oh, I think Saban just say, him honestly, to, I don't want him to play Nick, for uh, LSU. Well, then yeah, people come. Well, just let the kid play. You're hurting his future. The Nick soundbites are sounding more and more persecuted though by the day. Oh, it seems like yes. every time you play them, they get more of "Whoa, is me." Do you realize what I'm up? If the kid's good enough to play for LSU, he's good enough to play for UCLA or. You're saying just go to a different conference. Yes, yeah, that's fine. there's five power conferences. I but, think. Dave Be right. honest if you're saving. I, exactly. Dave's right. Get up there and say, you know what? I'm blocking it. Too bad. Uh, Next question. Sounds like Royce is going to join our show in about 12 minutes. He's yes. in here. He's in We're here hammering burner. away at something. Burner Twitter accounts. We're going to find out which which accounts are his out there on the internet. Mackie and Judd. <laughs> Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. I don't want to get any messages. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey. It's the worst thing I do at ESPN. Judd Zolgat. I just want to drink and watch TV. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Take your kid fishing weekend is coming up. You can get prepared this Saturday, June 2nd, by joining Jess Myers at the Tracker Boating Center in Shakopee from 9 a.m. until 11, and Chris Reavers at the Tracker Boating Center in Forest Lake from 1 until 3. Hang with the boys. Check out the amazing selection of Tracker Boats and sign up to win a $100 Bagley Bates prize pack. Plus, the first 15 people through the door can grab a complimentary pair of passes to the Minnesota Zoo. Details at 1500ASPN.com. Keyword events. I'm very hurt. How could I not be asked to show up at a take-your-kid fishing event? I mean, I'd be the perfect person for that, right? I mean, I love fishing. You guys know that, right? You don't have a kid. Oh, that's a good point. Might be the problem. And I also don't have a boat, and I don't know much about fishing. But besides that, I figure I could, I mean, does Chris know a lot about it? I have no idea, but I mean, the way you're killing time right now is to really to be commended. I just saying, I think it'll be very interesting. It's going to be a short segment. Why don't you just fire away on whatever's in your head right now? 
What else you got? Zolgad, colon. Fire away right now. Oh, I got a lot. I got a lot. Um, oh, hockey. I have fixed it. More offense. I came up, up with this in the past two weeks. Is this just I, is this meant for a shorty segment or do you want to do this I'm, in a longer segment? I'm gonna get you no, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you in in a short a segment the answer. Hockey to increase goal production. This is so simple. All right. In the second period, we we've got the long change, right? Which means that your bench, your bench is not on on your side. So the side that, that you're defending is is a long way away, or it's yeah, you have to more skate of a distance away. Yeah, okay, right. all you got to do is this: instead of the long change being in the second period, make it first and third period. Okay, and then more players are tired defensively. It makes or it tougher. It would, or it would maybe open up for more odd man rushes. If exactly, you're it's the exact change, type right? of thing. So when when we go back and forth discussing what would potentially increase goal scoring, this is definitely one. Okay. This is definitely one. I actually don't hate that and idea. And it's very simple. I wish we had a longer segment to explore it, because I'd like to talk about your brilliance and coming up with the idea. I was thinking did about you, it last night. Or did it's you really steal genius. this? Did you steal this from somebody? No, 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 no. I, I, I heard it mentioned a few months ago. Yeah, and, there we go. And then, I, <laughs> and then I thought to myself in the past couple of weeks, you know what? This actually makes a lot of sense. This is a good idea. This is a solid idea. And, and in watching the game, game one of the finals a couple nights ago, I saw increased opportunities and thought, yes, they should do this. They should do this, and it, it would be tougher on players and and tire them out more. But if you want more goal scoring, it's a way to get it. Yeah, you need just like dog tired defensemen who are out right. there, or even even more so forwards who are tired who mm-hmm. are the dragging long around. Make the would long it, would it, would it prevent would it prevent teams from changing, or would it? Or would teams still change, teams, but it would just like... They'd have to be much more careful. It would just open them up for... Yes. It, it would open them up to make mistakes, which would be perfect. Mm-hmm. So it, instead of instead of your goal being by your bench for the first and third periods, it would be by your bench for the second period, and and that opens up more potential mistakes than for two periods instead of one, increases goal scoring, and now... Because if, if there's mistakes and breakdowns, as a fan, for the most part, you don't care. I feel like this is radio plagiarism a little bit. Why so? I don't. I feel like you're not admitting which story you read this in. I don't even remember now. But it's a good <laughs> idea. But I. But we we always have these conversations. How can they get more goals? This would be an easy way to get mm-hmm. m- more goals by creating more potential mistakes. And the casual fan is not going to s- uh, sit there and be like, "I can't believe that defensive mistake was made or that line change was not a good one." The casual fan is going to say, "More goals, all the better." Mister Fix It. There you go. Back I just, again. I just fixed something in two and a half minutes. Actually, Someone else's idea. You've got to give me some credit, though. Nope. Yep, you should. You really well, Actually, you really speaking should. of, uh, I think, so we're going to get a special appearance by Patrick James Ricey here. He's calling himself The Fixer on his own show. The yeah. Fixer versus on, Mr. Fixer. And on Twitter. And The Fixer could be his burner Twitter account. Could be. Hang on. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Hurry up. On 1500. ESPN.